here it comes again, lunch. Will it be the same old, same old? Or are you ready to take a vacation from the ordinary with the new Jamaican Jerk Turkey Sub at Firehouse Subs? Freshly sliced smoked turkey breast, craveably sweet mustard sauce, and a hint of Caribbean seasoning. Just $5.55 for a medium. Save time. Order the new Jamaican Jerk Turkey Sub on the Firehouse Subs app. Firehouse Subs. Enjoy more subs. Save more lives. Participating locations, limited time only, plus tax. Prices may vary for delivery. This podcast is a member of the Voices of Wrestling podcasting network. Visit VoicesOfWrestling.com to hear the rest of our great podcasts, as well as show reviews, columns, opinions, and updates across the world of wrestling. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Super Jcast. I'm Joel Abraham, joined by Daniel McDonald. How are you, Damon? We are good. Uh, we have so much to cover. We, we, have, we have explicit rules uh, that we have laid down that we, there will be no dilly-dally, no Duran Duran talk, no uh, crisp talk, no, no nothing. We have so much we got to talk about that uh, I think our heads are going to explode. Yes, we've got a full-pack show today. We're recording just at the end of night four of the New Japan Cup. We have Ring of Honor announcing an Honor Rumble featuring ROH and New Japan stars that will take place on the G1 Supercar pre-show. Damon, how excited are you to see the somewhat return of the uh, half a New Japan Rumble and half an ROH Rumble? Um, I know a lot of people are excited for it. I mean, this is going to be like 6 o'clock in the afternoon, isn't it? It's cutting into our drinking time, Joel. <laughs> yeah, I was just going to say, if this takes out any time from our karaoke bond off, then yeah. we're skipping this shit. I, I'm not going to lie. I, 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 there, there will be a time when we're in that karaoke uh, shot, and you know we're going to be a couple drinks in, and we're going to look at each other and be like, all right, how important is this, this rumble to you? Um, hey, look, everybody wants to get on this show. Right, everybody wants to get uh, a piece of this pie, so you know this is the easiest way to get as many people as you can on the show, so that they can say they wrestled in Madison Square Garden and put it on their resume. Um, I can't blame them for doing that, and I'm sure it'll be fun. Right, they're always at least interesting and fun, and oh, who's the next guy to come in? And they always chuck in some surprises, right? And I'm sure there'll be plenty with. Um, all the WrestleCon stuff and all the other. Uh, I don't want to say secondary shows, but all the other side shows that are that are on that weekend. A lot of names being brought in, a lot of talent. So yeah, I, I think it'll be fun. It'll be fine. But again, it is <laughs> it is going to be a hustle getting over to that to that uh, Madison Square Garden show because our day is going to be booked. You know, we have a we have a dinner right that we have booked and uh, drinks and karaoke. We got a lot going on that fucking Saturday. So, um. Let's 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 not let's not you know let's not put anything else on the show. Let's let's leave it at this, please. One person who may be making an appearance is El Fantasmo. So we've got a short video clip in the anniversary show, which announced that he would be joining the Bullet Club. So a few questions about this. Chris says, "How does El Fantasmo fit into the fold?" My initial thought, Damon, was that we might be seeing him making a junior tag team with Robbie Eagles. So I thought they that would be a nice idea. Uh, I would expect El Fantasma to be going into best of the Super Juniors. What about you? How do you see him sliding in? Yeah, I mean, well, he won. Like I said, the a uh, couple of weeks ago, he won the not that he won a couple of weeks. I said a couple of weeks ago that he had you know won 
the uh, Rev Pro British Cup. What do they call it? The British A Cup. Um, so I would think he would he is slotted in as a junior, which you know gives Bullet Club uh, Ishimori and him now, and you know Robbie Eagles. That's a weird, don't you think? Having three juniors in one faction, kind of odd, right? But yeah, I that's think, what maybe leans towards the junior tag team. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think that's that, that's probably where that's going to be. I mean, you figure Suzuki Goon has El Desperado, and they have uh, Kenamaro. So, um, yeah, I, I'm I'm seeing seeing him as a junior. I don't I don't see him as a heavyweight right now, right? Um, but yeah, Bullet Club loading up, loading up again. Uh, and actually, they to me they seem more interesting than they have seen in years. I like the dynamic that they have right now. Um, I, I, truth be told, I, I could have hand waved it months ago and just said, you know, enough of the fucking bullet club. I think it's we can put that out the pasture. But I don't know. It seems like it's got a nice little uh, breath of fresh air. I'm kind of digging it. Yeah, definitely. The injection of new blood has helped to freshen things up. Let's go on and talk about this anniversary event, which was Wednesday, March the 6th in Tokyo, the Ota City General Gymnasium. We don't need to talk about all the matches. Um, first thing is that, uh, interestingly, this was filmed in 4K, so maybe a bit of a quality update coming. Um, not that it will make any difference on my shitty internet, but those of you living in the future, maybe something to look forward to. The one standout thing, Damon, was the fact that we did not get the appearance of Hiromu Takahashi and we, well, I personally have been speculating for months. I swear every week on this podcast, I'm saying, oh, I think Hiromi's going to come back at this event because of this and this and this and this. So I said, I'm giving up. I'm retiring from predicting Hiromi comes back. He's never coming back, Damon. That's it. Well, he's coming back. Don't, don't, don't give up hope on that. Uh, but yeah, it was a little, a little disappointing. Like, if there's any disappointment on that show, um, it would come in that form because I think everybody was over speculating and and uh, you know we're doing fucking mathematics and analytics and you know we got pie charts and dates and you know we're trying to do, uh, to to break the Hiromo code, if you will. Um, but yeah, I mean, but here's the thing: you can't say that the that the company let anybody down on that one. Right, it wasn't like it wasn't like New Japan was teasing it and it didn't fucking happen. You know, we all over speculated like we like to do because we're a bunch of nerds. Um, eh, we were hoping we were hoping for the little Easter egg and we didn't get it. But uh, he's coming back and it'll be very soon. Sumo Hall's right around the corner, Joel. That best of the Super Juniors right around the corner. So I think we'll see him sooner than later. Speaking of the juniors, the fourth match on the show was the IWGP Junior Tag Championship match with the challengers from Ponky 3K, Sho and Yo, beating the champions Shingo Takaki and Bushi, with Sho pinning Bushi after 3K in 60 minutes and 51 seconds. For me, this was the Shingo show. The whole story of the match seemed to be the fact that it took both Ponky 3K guys not to beat Shingo, but to just get him out of the ring for long enough for them to beat Bushi. So... It's always been the case with these LIJ junior tag matches that Shingo's been presented the star. He still hasn't been pinned or submitted. I don't think that's going to happen for a while. But I must say the match was good, but I found it a bit disappointing. I don't know if it was necessarily as a result of the match being built around how powerful Shingo was. There were some 
good interactions between he and show they're obviously building to something there that's a long-term feud that they got planned it seems it will be a really cool match to have that maybe as a block final in best of the super juniors show versus shingo but i get the feeling they're going to be tangling with each other for a long time to come uh so what did you think of the match yeah i'm kind of in the same boat look i think the handwriting is on the wall with that too right i mean that's that's your future <laughs> uh, New Japan semi main main you know three four five years down the line. Uh, he's not it, you know I've heard it said before about Kenny Omega when he was brought in. You know, he's not there to be a junior, and I, I you know. I, I think his time as a junior is going to be do all that he can very quickly and move this guy up to the heavyweight ranks because he fits right in like a like a glove. Um, but Pungi 3K, I mean, the, the, the idea, I would think, would be to eventually have them move up, right? Um, I don't think that there's any question about that. Maybe size might be the one challenge there, but I don't think it's going to be that much. I don't think it's going to be that tough to overcome. And I think New Japan is doing a really good job of blurring that line again. And I, we have talked about that many times before where it's like, all right, it's 2019. I think if there's one tradition that we can kind of start erasing is is that, is that idea of juniors and and uh, heavyweights. And, you know, let's. I, I know that they really have that hard line of, you know, keeping that tradition alive. And you can. I don't. I don't. I don't want to see. By no means do I want to see them drop the junior strap. Don't get me wrong. But when you have guys like Osprey and you have guys like, um, even you know to a certain degree, like a Robbie Eagles, um, Kota Ibushi was 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 a perfect example. Um, Shingo, guys like that that really are. I mean. It's debatable if they're juniors. Just, you know, just fucking make them heavyweights. They're just smaller heavyweights. It's okay. And Osprey beating literally every giant that's that's come across him is helping to kind of help erase some of that stigma. It does seem that they're going to be building towards a rematch between these two teams. I don't know if that's going to be MSG or Dontaku or something else, but I don't think this feud is quite finished yet. Interesting question here from Base Collector 420. Who is more likely to betray the other, Show or Yo? Now, I don't think that's going to be happening for a very, very long time. But if I had to call one of them turning on the other, I think it'd probably be Yo. I think there's yeah. that little LIJ connection, which may mean something somewhere down the line. I think so, too. And if you look at, like, I don't know, if you want to build in the jealousy factor, it feels like more people are on the Show bandwagon than they are on the Yo bandwagon. Um, so you could build that, you know, you know, shows your Shawn Michaels, right? And yo is your Marty Jannetty. And that's a shit analogy, but that's the best I can come with right now. Um, but you could kind of work that a little bit, you know? Um, yeah, but if I were going to bet, that would be my, that would be my bet. If, and it's just like, they don't even have to break up and it doesn't have to be a, a violent blood feud. For, for them to move on and break up and go on to singles, uh, you know, singles life. But if it were going to happen, no, I would go that route. The fifth match on the show was the IWGP Junior Heavyweight Championship match with the champion Taiji Ishimori defeating the challenger Jushin Thunder like in 15 minutes 
with the yes lock. I was just stunned at this, Damon, that we've got Liger doing apron, cannonballs, top rope, hurricane runners. He's 54 years old. This was nuts. We got the, the cradle flash pin callback from the, uh, I think that was the Iska retirement show, which the crowd went nuts for. I just thought this was a terrific match. I've got it in my top 10 for the year. I loved it. Ishimori screaming like a nutter with a yes lock at the end of it. And in spite of the fact this was a defense that a lot of people thought was just a filler, I thought it made Ishimori look really good. He's putting quite an impressive run together against unlikely opponents. But of course, the big story here is the news that Jushin Thunder Liger will be retiring next year. But before we get into that, Damon, what did you think of the match? thought the match was great. thought the match was everything that we could have asked for, right? And I, and, and I know that there are people that uh, had a small complaint that, you know, why not give Liger the title, right? Ha- and, and, you know, have him go into Madison Square Garden, which would be, let's be truthful, his dream, right? Watching Tiger Mask, watching Tatsumi Fujinami, um, you know, in, in Madison Square Garden. That was a big deal for, for kids of that age, you know. That the the magic and the mystique that that is at Madison Square Garden for you know kids who grew up in the eighties and seventies you know it's 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 still there is a soft spot for the, those type of people um, you know just give them the belt have them lose it at Madison Square Garden right they they could, they could have done that that small little bit aside again I don't think you could have asked any for anything more I don't think you, I for from a fifty three year old guy. Could you could you have asked for anything more? What a fucking amazing pro wrestler he is. Again, he's not doing it every single night. They're not asking him to 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 put on a performance like this every night. But damn, what a fucking magical performer this guy is. He just and, and again, it's not like he's doing um, um you know death-defying amazing things at every turn. But when he does do them, it is, you know, you are jumping out of your seat. And, man, I tell you what, even though in the back of people's minds that they knew it wasn't going to happen, uh, it just it just made you happy to be a pro wrestling fan because you were rooting for it to fucking happen. Oh, I don't think there, there was anybody that would have complained if they did do the title change. And they didn't. And they're smart and they're logical. They're cool, you know, I get it. And again, knowing what we know now, it does make sense. But fuck, how great was that, man? That, that to me, was made more special by people wanting, right? By people just, just, just yearning to have that win. And you were rooting as a pro wrestling fan, you know. You were, and that's to me, that's 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 what compelling pro wrestling is. When people talk about storylines and and being drawn in and hooked in emotionally, that's what we're fucking talking about. And to me, it doesn't seem like it's that hard to do. But yet, it, people find it incredibly difficult because you don't see it every single day. Which is what a great performance by both guys. Let's be truthful, by both guys. But again, the heartstrings, the 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 longing and the wanting. That's pro wrestling right there. That's that's compelling, dramatic pro wrestling. You got it there. And it, yeah, it was a great performance, and it's in my top 10 for the year so far. Yeah, absolutely it is. And the fact that this build-up managed to get the fans 
on the edge of their seats for a title challenge from a guy the wrong side of 50 who everyone knew wasn't going to win the match. But the fact that they were still just absolutely buzzing for every single near fall and every move and counter just speaks to what a great job um, that the company did and both guys did in the build-up and the execution of the match itself. Right. And, and I'm sorry. I know we step on each other all the time. My bad. Um, it, here's the thing, though. It, it, and you didn't need six months to build this up. This was all done in weeks, right? I mean, it was just simple, logical execution of, of, of pro wrestling basics to hook you in. You didn't need this long, huge, complex story where we're, we're, we're turning this guy and changing this and swerving and blah, blah, blah. It was the simplest fucking shit in pro wrestling, yet, oh my God, you couldn't get enough of it. Just You just ate it up. And that's, that's why a lot of people shoulder shrug a lot of stuff when it comes to pro wrestling currently. And even in the day. I mean, I don't want to sound like the old guy sitting on a fucking mountain. Back in my day. And this was, but truth be told, this was just classic old school style booking and execution and match. So sometimes simple is better, right? Right. So talking about the retirement, then Liger will be retiring next year at one of the Tokyo Dome Wrestle Kingdom shows. So a lot of questions because the fans of this podcast, Damon, know that you love Liger and they're interested to hear your thoughts on this. So Jeremy says, how many tears did Damon shed with Liger's retirement announcement? Tyler says, Damon, does it hurt much more hearing the retirement announcement from Liger after having a great match with Ishimori? So what was your personal emotional reaction to hearing the news that he would be calling it a day at the end of this year? Um, that's a good question, actually. Um uh, I did get a lot of text messages from a lot of people. Um, that that is that is certain. Uh, you knew this day was coming, right? You knew that eventually this would happen. Right? Um, for me, you know, you had to figure. I don't really have a, a a recollection of following Japanese pro wrestling specifically without him being involved in the ring somehow. Right, so yeah, it's a huge part of my fandom, and you know, let's be honest here, a huge part of my life is centered around this guy's career. Um, yeah, it was it, it was a little emotional. I'm not gonna lie, you know, I got a little choked up watching him. You know, as he started to get a little bit choked up. Um, I mean, it's not like he's gonna fall off the face of the earth. The guy will have a job with that company as long as he wants. I'm sure we'll see him plenty of times on commentary. I'm sure we will see... Uh, this won't be a Ricky Chochu retirement, right? This won't be a Terry Funk retirement. Um, I think, you know, once he says goodbye, that that will be it, which is, to me, odd as hell in, in pro wrestling, right? Uh, that being said, that being said, uh, he again, he is a part of the fabric of of my pro wrestling fandom, and I think he will be sorely missed because, as we saw just a few days ago, the man can still go. It's not like he's going out where you're kind of like, okay, you know, he, he should hang it up or you know. Listen, I don't think there are many people given a singles match. Right? Let's put it this way. 
we sat through New Japan Cup matches with guys that we might agree probably shouldn't be in New Japan Cup matches. You put Liger in those situations, I don't think anybody's complaining. I really don't. I'm not saying he's going out on top, but the guy can still go, right? Um, Certainly not at the amazing level that it was before in the 90s, of course, but the man can still go. So, again, he's not going out on top, but he's going out with grace and style and dignity, and it's going to be a fun, you know, buildup. And that Dome show, that Dome show is going to be fucking great. I wonder, I, I, don't, I don't know how it's going to be and, and what they're going to plan and how they're going to do it and uh, what that last match will look like at this point. But I think it's going to be a nice build. And I'm telling you right now, Liger's going to be uh, at that WrestleCon show on the Thursday of, of Mania Weekend in New York. If every motherfucker don't stand on their feet for 15 minutes and give that guy a standing ovation for everything that he's done for pro wrestling... Uh, I'm, I'm going to start swinging. I'm, I'm going to start knocking some heads. Right? I, that man deserves a motherfucking 15-minute standing ovation. Right? And I don't give a fuck if I'm the only one. I'm standing and clapping for 15 minutes. I hope there's nobody behind me because you ain't seen shit because I'm clapping for 15 fucking minutes because uh, he deserves it. All right. I'm done. Amen. Amen. I totally echo that. And also what you said, the fact that this is a guy, it's nice to see him go out on his own terms without having all the fans murmuring, oh, look at the state of him, or we should probably call it a day. And the fact that it's coming 24 hours after an amazing performance just makes it all the more special. So, obviously a lot of speculation about how he's going to go out. John Carroll, host of Wrestling Omakase, asks, each of you give your picks for what Liger's retirement match should be. Now, I've got my own thoughts on this, Damien, but I want you to go first. I'd like to see something along the lines where, um, kind of like how Ricky Choshu went out, um, where he was wrestling multiple people maybe in a, in a, in a single match it, with like you know two-minute time limits or some shit like that where you know, the majority of them could be draws, but he gets a win over somebody and uh, you know that kind of thing. Just to see him in the ring with, with the people that meant the most to him, that would, that would be a very cool thing to do. Um, it could be Hiromu, right? If we're going to give him one singles match, uh, Hiromo might be the guy, right? Um, um, yeah, I would, I would say one of those two options would, 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 be, would be awesome. Yeah, I was thinking Hiromo as well because I saw this story that Hiromo sent a reporter a text to ask him to ask Liger to face him. And then Liger said, well, hurry up and get better. If you do, then of course, one-on-one. I just want him back and so do the fans. That's the main thing. So a little seed been planted already. And I think Hiromu versus Liger would be a huge match for Tokyo Dome next year. And another question. With the Liger retirement tour, he stated that he wants to wrestle worldwide to say goodbye. Could we possibly see him wrestle in WWE in a one-off like he did with NXT, possibly against Rey Mysterio? I can't imagine. Not not in the climate that we're in right now. Um, now, again, Liger does have that weird contract where he can book dates. If he doesn't have a New Japan date, um, he can work for anybody. And he has. But the climate three years ago, four years ago, whenever that match with uh, Tyler Breeze, was it, um, at NXT, um, is much different than it is right now. Um, 
I here's the thing: the company. I can't imagine them saying, you know, if he came to him and said, "I I want to do this shot," it would mean a lot to me. I can't imagine the company being like, oh, "No," but it's going to be a okay kind of situation. Um, so I'm going to say it's it's a low percentage, a low percentage. And here's the thing: I don't. I really don't think WWE gives a fuck, right? They're not going to be like, oh, yeah, let's get Liger on. You know what I mean? Like, that. it's not – like, Vince – do you think Vince is going to give a fuck if Jushin Liger shows up, you know? Um, I can't imagine that. So I'm going to say probably not going to happen. Uh, last question on Liger from Aspir, who says, can any other junior reach the heights that Liger did? I think it's near impossible, Damon, given that this guy has put together, like, what, a 30 year career I can't see anyone ever being able to replicate that and there's a good argument to be made for Liger to be in the top top 10 wrestlers not just juniors but top 10 wrestlers of all time with that kind of career yeah yeah it's uh, it it's it's my wife is now calling me because it, my it, uh, why is my life so complicated Joel can, can you answer that question for me before I answer this Liger question? I mean, I mean, come on. Leave me the fuck alone. I'm doing something. I'm recording a show. All right. <laughs> Maybe she wants to ask about Liger. No, no, I, it's not. Out. It's about getting these fucking tickets to a band I don't give a shit about. But, you know, okay. Um, like, a, All right, whatever. Uh, we can edit this part out, by the way. <laughs> please no leave it in oh really good stuff you know yeah. people like to see the curtain pull back and a little taste of the the yeah. man behind the, the voice great you can you can hop on there and i can uh as i get the as, as i as i'm the lone responsible person for getting these fucking tickets um i mean look after the shit that we left in at the beginning of last week's show this is nothing compared to that i don't know all right um so jushin liger uh, what was the question, Joel, before I was rudely interrupted? The question was, can any other junior reach the heights that Liger did? It would be very difficult. Um, because not only do I think that he revolutionized the way that juniors were perceived, um, he revolutionized the the ideas of what juniors can accomplish um again you could you could point your finger to to tiger mask and sayama and and all that but truth be told that was a and it was red hot run don't get me wrong it was you know it, he was just incredibly over um cartoons and figures and the kids and 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 new japan's boom was built off of Tiger Mask and Anoki and Choshu. Uh, but Tiger Mask was absolutely an essential part of that. But the idea of Liger's run at the top of the juniors and the booking, right? People, you know, you can hang your hat on the match quality, right? And what he was able to accomplish in ring. And absolutely, I think he's he absolutely is in the top 10 of, of best wrestlers of all time. In my, in my eyes, absolutely. Uh, but not only that, the influence that he had in booking the junior division. I love the fact that he was very rarely selfish. You know, if you're a wrestler and you have the book, 
it's very easy, <clears throat> Dusty Rhodes, to put yourself over when probably you, you should be taking a backseat, right? And Triple H. <clears throat> Triple H. Right? So, right? It's very easy to do. And Liger was, it felt to me like he was one of those people who went out of his way to not be that guy. You know, putting over guys like uh, Sasuke and 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 um, making sure that people from outside promotions, other promotions, were getting the the, the junior rub from New Japan, right? Um, the fact that he was instrumental in getting a lot of people exposure and and um, eyeballs on them. Dean Malenko. I mean, Dean Malenko is a, is is a fantastic, unbelievable worker. But how many people knew of really the work of Dean Malenko before it's like Super J Cup and his time in New Japan? David Finley. Um, you know, to a certain degree, for a lot of people that maybe weren't familiar with with um, you know, Triple A, you know, Eddie Guerrero is Black Tiger, and uh, oh, obviously Benoit, and you know the list goes on. You know. One, two, three, kid. You know, re- Lightning Kid was really got his, got noticed. You know, the Chicago and and the, those independents in the nineties. But Liger, you know, brought him over there too. Look, there's so many names that have gone through that junior division, that junior ranks for New Japan. It is it is an amazing thing. And Liger was the, was was booking that for the longest time. Chochu was booking the, the big boys, and he was taking care of the juniors. Look, I don't. I don't think his influence can go can be hand waved. I don't think the impact that he had on the sport can be ignored. Um, and I just think in ring he was just one of those amazing, amazing workers and compelling pro wrestlers. That look, you look at you know from from the outfit and the the charisma. Like you know, for work for a guy working in a mask. He would do the simplest and most subtle things and gestures to help communicate what he was doing in the ring. Like, almost like no other. I don't want this to be a circle jerk, a Jushin Liger circle jerk, but there's going to be plenty more of it. He was one of the greatest of all time. Um, and it's going to be a fun... I, I'm sure there'll be many things that they have planned, New Japan, for to, to help celebrate the career. Um, I'm excited. I'm thrilled, and and look, I think that just kind of just cemented the fact that I'll be in Japan uh, for that show, uh, and I will be there celebrating the career of Jushin Liger. Now, after this match, we had the announcement for Dragon Lee versus Taiji Ishimori versus Bandido for the IWGP Junior Heavyweight title at Madison Square Garden. Now, I've made no secret the fact that I will always take the singles match over a multi-man match, but... I have to say, I don't hate this. It's going to be a crazy match. I'm sure I'll enjoy it. What are your thoughts on it? Um, yeah, it's it, it will be a crazy, fun, exciting. Uh, you got three guys in there that that yeah, we'll we'll have people standing. That is for sure. You give them ten minutes. You give them fifteen minutes. Whatever you you, you can. It's going to be a tight squeeze to get as many people uh, in and give people time. But it'll be a sprint, um, and it'll be crazy and fun. 
and on paper, it sounds like a delicious fucking pro wrestling match. Yes, would I love to see a singles match? Yes, the jokes going around were, of course, Ring of Honor has to stick their nose in. But it's not like, it, you know, we're, get, we're getting the best, one of the better Ring of Honor guys and one of the better, you know, juniors in the business right now. So, uh, no, I don't have that. Like, I didn't really have that big of a problem with it. In fact, I think, you know, if you're going to do it, that this would be a perfect uh, opportunity to do it. So, no, no, not a huge complaint from me making that a triple threat. All right, well, let's move on to the main event of this show, which was the Anniversary Day special singles match with the IWGP heavyweight champion, Jay White, defeating the never openweight champion, Will Ospreay. It was quite a divisive match in terms of people's reactions to it. And aside, one of my criticisms of it was Will Ospreay making his horny chimp grunting where he's going, which seems to replace the screaming. And it's pretty distracting. I don't like it. But aside from that, I'm I'm nitpicking. There are a lot of things I really, really enjoyed about this match. I liked Jay White with a trash talk saying, big leagues now, buddy. And when he did the body check and the little slap around the face. And I just like the game planning, the way he baits Osprey into overcommitting and then hits the snap side to suplex on the outside to turn the match in his favour. When he threw him ribs first into the ring post, I thought that was really smart. It played into Osprey's history with the rib injuries. Jay White, he's just incredible, Damon. Now, he knows, talking about the storyline, he knows he's not the most technical wrestler. He's not the strongest. He's not the fastest. He's not the most athletic, but he is the most intelligent. And he gets into his opponent's heads. He outsikes them and he outsmarts them. He always find their weakness and then find creative ways of exploiting it. He's just very intelligent. There's little spots that you might miss the first time you're watching a match. Like when he's got the rear waist lock and he's baiting the elbows. He'll eat a few of the elbows. And then suddenly it's snap to suplex time again. The way he preempted the handspring Enzugiri with a sliding elbow to the ribs. That suicide dive reversal into the railings. Uh, there was an Oz cutter into the sharp sensations, the elbow strikes. And... Most of the time, most of the time, he's incredibly smooth with these reversals. There was one sequence in the middle of the match from the tease of a top rope Stormbreaker where the two guys, they flow from one hold into the next in a truly mesmerizing way. It was just amazing to watch. And there was another one at the end of the match into the Robinson special. And I love stuff like that when it's done right. If it's done wrong, it looks really clunky. It looks over-rehearsed, but I thought it looked terrific here. And the Blade Runner reversed into the power one later in the match. Just outstanding. Truly outstanding. And the rope break after the 450 splash. Camera work was superb where it looks like White's done and then you just see his hand pop up from the back of the shot and grab the ropes. Again, one other criticism. I think he's getting a bit too cute with reversals because some of them are so subtle that I need to rewatch it a couple of times to see what he actually did. Like when he reversed the Oz Carter at the end of the match. So that must be quite hard for the live crowd to understand what they were going for. But I do applaud the ambition. And the thought that goes into it. And I like the way he lets his opponents think that they're in control. But he's always thinking two moves ahead. He's a chess master. And you have to pay attention to these things in Jay White matches. And often they are even better on a rewatch. Like I said, he's one of the smartest wrestlers in the business. And I'm not meaning to be a gatekeeper and say, oh, you're stupid if you don't appreciate this stuff. At the end of the day, this is entertainment. I absolutely understand why some people are turned off by his style. If you find it boring, I hear you you're experiencing it differently to me. I I don't want to invalidate that. But personally, I find it refreshing. I find it different 
to the you know the 40 minute long Omega Okada Tanahashi epics there's a, a snap to it an intensity like a, a sharp edge to his matches um, and I guess that's appropriate given his nickname and I also think it will help Jay White achieve relative longevity in his career when he isn't going out doing crazy spots all the time and I also think it helps with the pacing of the matches because Osprey's really flashy arsenal of moves it stands out more and I think it elicits a stronger response from the crowd when they're punctuating the more methodical offense of Jay White. And let's talk a bit about Will Ospreay here, because I thought he was great as well. His selling has improved. For me, it's better when it's subtle, like him going for an Irish whip, but he's collapsing due to the ribs, or being unable to lift up Jay White for the Stormbreaker, so he had to keep doing the Ozcutter, or not being able to make the pin immediately after the 450 splash. And this is selling that plays into the story that Matchin adds to it, which... I think is a huge improvement from the Osprey of, let's say, 2017, where he'd do things like he'd scream as his leg was being worked over, then he'd flex it a bit, and then do all of his flashy moves anyway. He's really moved beyond that. A lot of people complain about the ghetto interference in this match. I've got to say, I didn't mind it. I thought it made sense for Ghetto to want to save Jay White from the hidden blade, that elbow attack, which has been established as a really devastating move that put Ibushi on the shelf. Some people have said that the interference makes Jay White look weak, that he needed Ghetto's help to beat a junior to be Osprey, whereas he didn't need it against Tanahashi. But I didn't see it like that. If this was like Jay White versus Goto in the G1 and then Ghetto interferes to save him, then yeah, there's a problem with that. But this is Will Osprey, who I think is going to be a future IWGP heavyweight champion. And the way at the end of the show, he limped out to a standing ovation and that was all on, on the show. I think that's significant. Will Ospreay's dangerous. He's more dangerous than Tanahashi. And he's in the middle of a huge push. And I think you want to have that doubt in the back of your mind for the next time that Will Ospreay and Jay White meet. I think Ospreay needed to push Jay White to the limit here because, honestly, I see them as almost level pegging. I know some people have said, oh, it's only the never champion. You should be able to beat him in faster time than this. But I see these guys pretty much at the same level, almost. The difference being, I think Jay's got a slight edge over him because he's smarter and he's got Gedo in his corner. And you have to remember, they've had two matches. They're one and one right now. So I saw this match as part of a longer story between them. I think this was Jay White's best match so far. And I think both of these guys are still so young, they're going to improve. And it's scary how good they are already. So I had this four and a half stars. If this is a four and a half star match now, you better believe that they're going to meet again many times in the future, probably for the IWGP heavyweight title. And there's a pretty good chance that's going to be a five star match. What an exciting time to be a fan. I I mean, (laughs) you, you nailed it, right? I mean, look, I I get why people, and and that num this number is is drastically dropping right by by the match with Jay White, where people, you know, are are finally getting on board when it comes to match quality, the subtleties, the um, the 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 idea that that Jay scouts his opponents and knows when not only when finishing maneuvers are coming but how to counter them i think it helps that he's in the ring with arguably one of the one of the top 2 or 3 performing performers in the company right now in osprey um that does not hurt but truth be told he's you know th- his last handful of opponents you know Tanahashi well Osprey Tanahashi Okada you know these are some world-class performers that he's in the ring with 
each and every time, though, he, these matches take an extra step of what, you know, the people that, that weren't into Jay White, that, that the, the things that are missing in Jay White matches, they're, they're coming on board now, right? Those, those elements, they're coming, into, they're coming into shape now. So if you're not on that bandwagon right now, I'm going to be honest with you. You're missing out. I really feel like you're missing out. There's there there is so much there. Uh that's maybe again, like you said, not necessarily on the surface, but it's there. Uh and you're missing out if you're not on board. Uh I went four four and a half for this one. I went four and a half. Um I saw some people thrown around uh fives. What did Dave give? What what a big Dave give? I know he's kind of a, a barometer and a uh, and a uh, he's a, he's a uh, lightning rod is the word I'm looking for 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 star ratings. What, do you know what he was given this one? He gave it four and three quarters. Okay, right there. We're right there. I I thought the match was fantastic, man. I really did. And again, everything that you talked about, all those little subtle things, all those little spots, all those little um, nuances to a Jay White match make it, it, it. I mean, it's much different than, say, a Goto match where you're not really getting it or even an Ishii match where there's not a lot of subtlety. Right. There's not a lot of sublime stuff going on. It's different. Um, and, I, and that, I think, is what I appreciate most about it. I think we're kind of underselling Jay White's run last year, particularly with the US title, because I think the Omega match at New Beginning where he won the US title and then the defences against Hangman Page and David Finley and then the match where he finally lost it to Juice Robinson, I thought they were all fantastic matches as well. So, yeah, we can say he had great matches with Osprey, Okada, Tanahashi, but I think he was having great matches before that with, uh, well, I don't want to say lesser workers, but people who you wouldn't say yeah these are guys who can get a great match out of anyone yeah yeah how now did you get a chance to watch that uh ring of honor match with uh osprey and, and jay white from a few years ago they put it up on the network um did you get a chance to check that out yeah not recently i did watch it it would have been over a year ago, so I okay. can't really comment on it in detail. But I do remember it being fantastic. Better, better than better than that, right? More complex, yes. more you know. Yeah. And again, they're putting a different spot on the on the show, so so that that's to be expected. I don't know. I mean, again, I don't. I I, I can't sit here and say Jay White is my favorite pro wrestler right now. I'm not going to go that far. But he does feel so different. He does feel so different from just about anybody else in the company. And he feels different from just about anybody else in pro wrestling. I'm not going to lie. Um, again, I, I know the complaints and I hear them loud and clear. But I think, I, I think, I think that criticism that most, that most fans had of Jay White, and if, if they did have a criticism where the match quality or the, or the, or the um, again, that big main event feel from a Jay White match, I think that's quickly going by the wayside. Um, and you want you want to get on this bandwagon? I'm on it. I know you are. Um, 
and I think a lot of people are are finally coming around to Jay White, which is which is good. I think it's well deserved. I also think there's a lot of resentment because it almost seems like a one for one swap with Kenny Omega, given that it's a, a foreigner head of the Bullet Club, IWGP Heavyweight Champion, and their styles almost complete opposite. Kenny Omega terrifically entertaining, like balls to the wall, high pace, flashy offense, big moves, high flying, dangerous, high risk spots. Whereas Jay White, you're getting the complete opposite of that. So I think maybe that's why some people are digging their heels in a bit. But again, there might be a lot of people who are sitting here listening, thinking, well, yeah, Joel, I know all that stuff about the the little subtle details. I find that boring. And yeah, fair enough. If you're not into it, you're not into it. But again, like you said, Damon, I think you're missing out. And really, you do appreciate his matches a lot more on a second, or even a multiple rewatch, because you start to notice those little things. But I want to talk a bit about Will Ospreay here. A question from uh, at Oscar Rooney. He says, you still believe Ospreay won't ever win the big title? Because we got some news earlier in the week from Fumi Saito, who said that he talked to a few NJPW office insiders, and they told him that Kenny Omega leaving isn't seen as that big of a deal, because the office thinks that Osprey can step in. So it's interesting. They're saying Osprey is the guy who can fill the Omega slot, not Jay White. So they're saying Osprey's younger. He can be a top guy for at least 10 years. And the attitude is that if Kenny comes back, great, but they are fine with it either way. And he heavily implied that they're higher on Osprey than Jay White. So what do you make of that? Um, hmm. I know they're high on him. I don't think there's any doubt about that, but kind of, I think the proof's in the pudding right now, right? With Jay White, it's kind of hard to, kind of hard to say. I mean, look, I, I think, I think they're, they're two different paths that they're taking to, to be stars. But I think right now, Jay White is a bigger star than Will Ospreay, right? And I mean, how do you, I don't, and, and and I'll be truthful too. I don't think Will Osprey is. I don't think Will Osprey has the the star magnitude that Kenny Omega had. Do you? I think there's potential there. I think Will Osprey has that high paced, exciting, flashy style of wrestling. That he does. Will, he does. I think attract a lot of those people that. Kenny Omega style brought to the table in the first place. Mm, okay, then let me ask you this. And again, I can't. I, I I don't have numbers in front of me. I don't have gate receipts in front of me. So I'm I'm kind of spitballing this. So bear with me here. Is Will Osprey internationally? I don't care where we want to go. Is Will Osprey the draw that Kenny Omega is? Not now, no, okay. but I think there is the potential for him to reach those levels in the next few years. Because, again, let's remember he's still very young. He is. Um, and, again, I think Kenny Omega had the, the, the luxury of having the Bullet Club, Club brand behind him to help put gasoline on that fire. Um, I think that there is an element and a fan base that is more... Uh, a f- that can that can sink their teeth into Kenny Omega, whether that be lifestyle, whether that be uh, the the storyline with Abushi, um, whether that be you know whatever whatever it is that gravitates an audience to Kenny Omega. Um, 
that I know Will Ospreay isn't going to have because just because Will Ospreay is shit at the Twitter game, <laughs> right? But, um, well, something they've got in common then, isn't it? Well, yeah, I mean, but a diff- different a different sides, you know what I mean? Like, um, yeah, yeah, I hear you. Yeah. I, I would just jump in and say this. Kenny Omega's 35, Will Ospreay's 25. Yep. That's a uh, decade gap. Yeah. And but, I know okay. it doesn't really work like that in wrestling, but... Right. Right. Will Ospreay at 35, I think he could be as big a star as Kenny Omega, if not bigger. Okay. Is that one of the main reasons why you think he might be trying to tone down that style? Because at 25, the boys have probably got knees of a 35-year-old. Well, it hadn't stopped Kenny Omega. He still does a lot of high-flying stuff, although I suppose not at the rate that Will Ospreay does it. Mm. But yeah, I've been calling on Ospreay to tone down his style for a couple of years now, and I think... Yeah, it's going to definitely help him for the longevity of his career. All right, well, let me ask you this then. So, what do you think? What? Why do you think it's taken so long for this to kind of manifest itself? So, if the company is so high on Will Osprey, and again, I think Will Osprey right now is one of the top ten wrestlers in the world. I really do. Um, there's you. You're not going to find a bad Will Osprey match. It's just not happening. That being said. I find it hard to believe that New Japan Pro Wrestling is putting the same stock that they did in Kenny as they as they, as apparently they might be in Will Ospreay. Because I guess the question I have is, is what the fuck took them so long? If they saw this, they truly believe this, why, did, why wouldn't this just be right from the jump, right from the get-go? Why is it taking this long to be like, oh, yeah, Kenny, or, or uh, Will's our guy. Yep, we're going to hitch our wagon to that. I, I think maybe they, I think it's Jay White. I think it's Jay White. Maybe they were trying to suss out his loyalty to the company. The fact that uh, 2017, he didn't have the kind of opportunities that he did in 2018, but he still stuck to stuck to the company. He was still working hard. Didn't throw his toys out of the pram. Yeah, but he's always one of those guys that that have been. You know, I, I would think he would, you know, he's always talked about how New Japan was always a goal. Um, always, you know, and he's one of the first guys to get on Twitter and be like, you know what? Forge your own path, people. You don't have to sign to the big company. While all those other British guys were, they couldn't wait to get a pen in their hand to sign to Uncle Paul. They couldn't fucking wait for that day to happen. He's, he's, he's stuck it out. You know? Yeah, but you, there's a difference between saying the right thing and doing the right thing. I think that's one of my mottos in life. You should watch what people do. Don't listen to what they say. And we look at uh, Ricochet because they were sort of on a not dissimilar trajectory. They're in similar spots in the company. Ricochet decided to go to WWE. Osprey decided to stick around. So it could, I, don't know, I, I think there's something to be said for them waiting to see what kind of person and what kind of man Will Ospreay has grown into. Because like I said, he's still very, very young. He's still growing, not just a wrestler, but as a person. Okay. Uh, and I think it's fair. No doubt about that. Uh, again, 25. You know, I, again, I find it difficult to believe that now they, they finally see the potential in Will Ospreay that they didn't see before. Um Again, it could be a junior thing. They needed to see him. I don't. Who knows? But and, and here's the thing with too. You know, even with Kenny. You know, Kenny spent a lot, you know you know quite a few years 
on the Japanese Independence, DDT. Uh, you know, he was on that, that first New Japan tour uh, that they did in the States for Jersey All-Pro shows. He was on those shows. Uh, you know, so it's, it's taken him. You know, it wasn't like, you know, they just found Kenny Omega and it was like, oh, my God, he's our guy. We're, we're hitching our wagon to him. It took a long time for Kenny Omega to kind of make that jump from who he was to where he is now. So, yeah, okay. Okay, maybe, maybe there is a valid point to 25 years old. Now now we see what we have. We're going to work Will Ospreay. Okay, I, I, I can see that. I, I still think that they, they see more value in Jay White, though. But Because you think Jay White, what is he? Jay, is, is Jay even 25 yet? I think he's 26. Let me check. Is he? All right. I hope he's 24 because I don't look like an ass. <laughs> Uh, yeah, he's 26. <laughs> ah, fuck me. All right. Well, okay, we're right there. All right. Well, listen, 26, and he's got the IWGP Heavyweight Championship. 25, he's got the never. He's going to work his way up. All right, so maybe all right, maybe there is. Who knows? We'll, we'll, I mean, we'll see. But um, and listen, I know they like Will Ospreay. It's not like they don't. But eh, right now, I think Jay White's the, the guy that they're hitching their wagon to. Okay. Uh, question from JDM. Do you think Ospreay's going to get a main event at the Tokyo Dome? Who's going to get the main event at Tokyo Dome? Jay White? Osprey. Osprey. Sorry. Um, by the way, everyone, I got the tickets. Just FYI. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Um, 25. <sighs> Will he get a main event? Main event. You figure main event at the Tokyo Dome has been... In at least in recent times, Kenny, Okada, Tanahashi, Naito. Hmm. Plenty of time, though, right? Again, 25 is the key. I'll tell you what. The biggest fear I have with Will is just his body holding up. I mean, he's worked a style that... Quite honestly, has it's just you put years on the on the guy. If his body can hold up, I'll say yes. If his body can hold up, I'll say yes. Well, let me expand the question. Uh, give me a year. Mm-hmm. What year do you think he will be main eventing? Figured in the next three, right? I mean, I don't think it's. I, don't, I think if you go past five, you're 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 pushing it, right? It would have to be in the next three years. So I would say in the next three years. So not not this year, not this year. He's not headlining either of these two shows. Next year's the, the year following 2021. I'd say 2022 is when is when you start talking about Will Osprey main event in a dome. If he's still around, if everything works out, all that stuff. All that stuff. So there you go. And just circling back to Jay White, despite there being a lot of Jay White critics saying that they've cancelled their New Japan World subscriptions, we've heard from a few different people that it's following the same pattern as last year. You get a huge spike around Wrestle Kingdom, drops off towards the end of January, and then it uh, evens out its relative stability. So overall numbers are up. So I think there's something to be said about that, that Jay White is not the box office disaster that uh, a lot of people said that he is or, or would be now the end of this show this anniversary show was a bit goofy where you had all the new japan cup guys coming into the ring 
and pointing at each other. It was kind of silly. It's not the stuff you usually see in a New Japan show. Um, I don't know what you thought about that, Damon. Galactivus says, do you think the post-anniversary show segment of all five guys in the ring pointing at themselves being a rib or parody of WWE obsession with people pointing at the WrestleMania sign? I don't think that was the intention, but it did seem a bit jarring. It it did, but I got to be honest with you, I kind of liked it. Um, know what it reminded me of? And again, people always seem to talk to talk about how Ghetto's influence the you know the the, the southern style of pro wrestling um you, that he's influenced by um it kind of reminded me of i don't know if you're familiar with it joel um but you can google it. i'm sure there's an image out there somewhere so uh uwf mid-south bill watts's territory had this thing where it was uh they had the uh, pro wrestling illustrated cup so they had a tournament in in the uwf and they did this photo this cover where it's like Ted DiBiase, One Man Gang, Steve Williams, Freebirds, and they had the cup, and everybody's kind of holding on to the cup, and, and like you know, to take this picture, and that's what it reminded me of. Um, so there was that nostalgia thing that kind of got scratched. I don't know. I kind of liked it, where it's like you know, you know, we are friends, we are, uh, or maybe not friends, but we do respect each other, and right now we're on this side of the wall when it comes to feuding against Bullet Club or whomever. But it's New Japan Cup season, and 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 I'm winning this fucking thing. So I, uh, thanks for showing up, everyone. Um, so I kind of liked it. I, I it was it was a little bit outside the New Japan um, what you're you're commonly used to. But I don't know. I I I, I did kind of like it. I, I'm kind of cringing at it right now, <laughs> thinking of it. But I did. I did enjoy it. It, re- it reminded me of of that. That was the first thing that came to my mind. Was the fact that Goto in that lineup, did you find that a bit of a, an eyebrow raiser? Because you had all these guys like you know, Okada, Ibushi, Tanahashi, and then Goto standing there. You're like, huh? What are you doing there? <laughs> right, right. He's he's like, um, <laughs> you know, he, I don't want to say he's the odd one out, but like, you know, he's, he's, you know, you got your, your all your mates and all your, all your friends and, um, and then you got the one straggler, <laughs> yeah, the one guy who's your friend. Who's but... your mate? <laughs> you know what I mean? But you know what I'm talking about, right? Like the one guy who's kind of like the straggler, and he's like, uh, he's kind of in the crew, but he's not really in the crew. <laughs> um, he's kind of like a little tag along, and like, how did he get here? We're done with us. Um, yeah, that's what Goto. A little awkward, but uh, listen, he tried to he tried to elbow his way, and good for him. Good, good for Goto. All right, let's get on to the New Japan Cup then. First of all, I wanted to ask your thoughts, now that we've had the first round out of the way, about the 32-man expansion. Because overall, I think it's been great for seeing a lot of the guys getting, uh, a lot of guys getting relatively big singles matches that they otherwise wouldn't. So for some people, it might be their only singles match of the year. And I've enjoyed personally seeing the dads in action and some of the young guys. I've really enjoyed seeing Honma, Chase Owens, Nakanishi, people like that get a big singles match where without this 32-man bracket, you probably wouldn't be seeing that. Yeah. I don't don't know if it's so much the dads, right? Um, And again, I'm sure we're going to go over every single match. It's not the dads that I'm super thrilled about. It's, um, you know, Young Lions, and it's... Uh, maybe even a Taguchi to get a shot against heavyweights. 
Um, I I love the thirty-two. You know what I mean? I I love the the, the extra brackets and the extra people. I don't feel like they're wastes. Um, even to a certain degree, a Colt Cabana, just to see how he would interact with you know people in you know that he maybe hasn't necessarily wrestled uh, before. Um, and just to be in that environment, um, Lance Archer, I want to see. You know, what I mean, uh, Henare. Those it's those type of people that that to me are more interesting than um, Nagata. Even though I think Nagata had a great match, um, but like you know, Tenzan, Kojima, those guys are probably on the low end of my interest. It's more of maybe even you know, like I said, Lance Archers, Davy Boy Smiths, um, Henares. Um, those are the people that really have my interest a little bit more than others. Yeah, I don't know. I've I've been into the dab matches. Uh, to be fair, actually, now I've said that a lot of these first round matches were a mixed bag. But I would say overall, it's been more good than not. But the other thing I wanted to mention is having this Madison Square Garden stipulation has made the stakes seem higher. So in previous years, you've had the, the title shot, Invasion Attack or Sakura Genesis. But having this constantly, in all the video packages, everyone's talking about it in the interviews, Madison Square Garden, MSG, MSG, to me, it's made the whole thing seem much more uh, important than it would have done otherwise. Yep, absolutely. And, and we said that before, right? How everybody's like, okay, I'm in this because of what's on the line. Not only is it an IWGP heavyweight title match, it's at Madison Square Garden on a big weekend. Uh, at a time when you know New Japan, you know again not <laughs> sixty years, you know nobody else in that building besides WWE, and now it's going to be sold out with New Japan and and Ring of Honor fans. So um, I think they're doing a good job of hyping that element of it too. Um, it does make it a lot more exciting. I love brackets anyway, Joel. You know that, right? So even then, it, it, even the matches where I'm like, okay, um, maybe not as as sexy as I want it to be on paper. I'm still into it. Because again, it's it's all about those fucking brackets that I'm obsessed with. That not for nothing, Joel. I'm doing pretty well at. I, I feel like I have two pockets. I've I have like both corners are are doing well, and then I have another set of corner that I've like I get like one right, right. But I think at the end of the day, I think I'll be on course. But all right, yep. So I, I'm I'm I love it. I actually I woke up for this show. Maybe probably because we had to record this morning, but. Um, like, I'm into it. I fucking love it. I think I think it's a that New Japan has done a good job of getting us hyped for this, um, and with the end result being Madison Square Garden in just a handful of weeks. Let's dig into the matches then. So the first night was on Friday, March the eighth at Karakuen Hall, and the first New Japan Cup match was Yoshihashi defeating Manabu Nakanishi in 12 minutes with the butterfly lock. Now, personally, Damon, I thought this was tremendous fun. I love seeing Nakanishi busting out slow motion power moves we got superplexes we got a, a kind of half a pescado where he yeah leaped over the rope and then landed on the apron and then jumped off <laughs> right which right. i thought was hilarious uh i felt absolutely terrifying just great drama when he was climbing up to the top rope to do that top rope splash because he was wobbling i was like oh my god he's gonna fall off and i was really scared but i, I thought this was fine it was enjoyable enough but i want to talk about yoshihashi here because well, first of all, that butterfly lock. I've had more painful time massages than the butterfly lock looks. And just the way this match was laid out, I, I kind of understand why, but Nakanishi beat the shit out of him. Yeah. He even got a visual pin after Yoshihashi had to pinch Red Shoe's 
red nipples to escape the Argentine backbreaker rack, which was a really curious choice. And I wonder whose idea that was to make Nakanishi get the visual pin. Like, why did they do that if not to make Yoshihashi look like a geek? He he looked like shit here. And I don't know, maybe it's still the injury. Andrew Rich rightly pointed out in the, the Slack chat that Yoshihashi was limited by what he could do physically with a guy like Nakanishi because... He can't do karma. He can't do the bunker buster. He can't do the kumagoroshi, his new move. But in spite of all that stuff, he just did not look good here. And what do you do with Yoshihashi? Do you send him to Yujiro Town? Because it just seems he can't hang with the big boys anymore. And should he lose to Chase Owens in the next rounds? There's just a lot of big question marks around him because he, he didn't look good here at all. No, he didn't. He didn't. And, and, and Andrew is right in the sense of what, do you, what, the, what, what can you do, right? With Nakanishi, but, 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 but that being said, Nakanishi did hustle his ass off. He did what physically he could do to make this a match, right? Like, you, like you're not gonna, you're not gonna discredit Nakanishi in this match for for not trying hard. Fucking guy tried hard. He absolutely did. He just can't do things, right? But yeah, when he's wobbling up there, he's like your dad climbing the ladder, you know, to get the fuck, to clean, <laughs> to, you know, to clean the gutters and you're just like, oh, this is, come on dad, don't, we'll pay for somebody to do this. Like, no, I'll, I could, I'm not paying somebody to do this. Yeah, alright. The next thing you know, he's fucking lying in the shrubs with his fucking feet in the air. <laughs> right? Somebody call an ambulance. <laughs> um... That might have happened in my real life. I don't know. <laughs> um, but that's what it felt like, didn't it? Uh, I'll put up the satellite dish. Okay, will you? Okay. Um, that being said, uh, Yoshihashi, look, he's been nursing that shoulder injury for, what, 700 years now? Um, he's not wowing anybody coming back from this most recent injury. There's, you know, the, the I mean, what was it officially? Was it a concussion um, and again, how he got it was pretty amazing. Love yeah, it. just face flying <laughs> on the way to probably the biggest angle of his entire life. Right, right. He's such a Yoshihashi, um, Charlie Brown. Um, I know. Okay, wait. Well, let, let me jump right. in with the question. Is maybe this might? I, I don't know. See what you think about this. Lee says, "Do you think people have been harsh on him?" Uh, I think his problem is that he's too unselfish. He doesn't have it in him to dominate a match. It's fucking horseshit. No. He's been given plenty of opportunities. You know what I mean? Like, and and here's the thing. It's not, like, at a certain point, it became a, all right, he's not bad. You know, he's just not getting the opportunities. Then when he gets the opportunities, you know, I always go back to, like, the G1 match where he pins Kenny at Corkin. Um, and it's like, oh, okay, we're turning a corner on him, and it's just like, ah, uh, it's not happening, right? I, I just feel, I, I, I don't, I don't know. I don't think the company. I mean, who else in this company? Name me another guy who gets buried besides Bushi, maybe, who gets buried in commentary as much as Yoshihashi. Name me yeah, one that's other something, guy. isn't it? It really the way is that sort of unilaterally across the board. They just. It's like, it's not even storyline. They're just talking about real life Yoshihashi just being a bit crap. Right, right. He's like, oh, you know, he, he went to the job interview, but he didn't wear a suit. He, he showed up in track pants because, he, <laughs> <laughs> because somebody spilled something on his suit on the way to the interview. You know, it's like that kind of dumb shit. But like, 
it's not even like storyline stuff, right? It's not even like like you know how like WWE will just like hammer something home where it's like you know, um, they say it so often. Where right, here's a perfect example. Like last night, I was I actually watched some of that fast lane nonsense, um, and they're talking like you know this is uh, this is a. Uh, Dean Ambrose's last match. He's not renewing his contract. And they said it so many times that it was to the point where he's he signed a contract, right? He's staying. Because they wouldn't mention this so many times. Like, it's not even that point. You go back and watch that match and tell me how many times they mentioned, oh, Yoshihashi just can't win the big one. And when is he going to put it together? And... And he's and even like Rocky Romero, you know, yeah. He imagine being me in chaos and wanting him to win something. <laughs> it's like what the fuck? They're killing the guy. It's a shoot. It really has become a bit of a shoot. Um. So no, I mean, look, what? Pff, he's not what? I don't know. You can't fire the guy, but he's like the modern day Bone Soldier or the modern day Captain New Japan. Where it's like, what are you gonna, what are you gonna do? What are you, what are you gonna do with the fucking guy? He's he's at that point. So do you and, think he should be downgraded, like I said, to the Udro level, where you say, well, sorry, you're not in the G1 anymore? Yeah, I don't think he should. There are there are definitely people that, to me, are would. I mean, look, you need people to lie down. You need people to lose. You need need people to go one and you know whatever, two and whatever. So I mean, if he's if he if he's your guy there, great. That's that's your guy, and he, and and he would do it good. He would do it well. Uh but the, you know, it's kind of like it's gotten to the point where nobody expects him. Like it's not even like a liger thing where it's like you know he's not going to win, but man, you're you're fucking you're in on on the whole idea of him trying to win. Like nobody's nobody's in on that anymore. Like that. That time has come and gone. That ship has sailed with Yoshihashi. Nobody gives a fuck anymore. And and what do you do with a guy like that? Hmm. Yeah, well, we've got quite a few people sending in questions about Yoshihashi, so I hope that's answered them. Next match in the New Japan Cup was Taichi defeating Tomoaki Honma in 17 minutes with the submission move Holy Emperor's Crucifix Tomb. Uh, at Derek Ashman asking the important question here, what in the blue hell is on Honma's head? I guess you saw this as well, Damon. He looked like a Lego man. Yeah, that's what I thought. The first thing I thought was like a Lego dude. Um, is that a Kukeshi though? Is that one of those Kukeshi dolls? Is that what he's trying to emulate? That's a good question. I'm going to look it up. I'm going yeah, to look search. Up, look up one of those Kukeshi, Kukeshi dolls. And I think that's, okay. that's what he's doing. Uh, none of these Kukeshi doll pictures that I'm looking at or as strange as what Homer was wearing on his head. Mm. But I kind of liked it. It was just sort of strange enough that and quirky that it made me like Homer a bit more than I did going into the match. I don't know. I'm going to be talking about my ass here. But speaking of entrances, Taichi's entrance. Wow. Coming in through the crowds, like Izuka did, as John Carroll said, through his people. He had the iron fingers with him. We got Miho looking like a million bucks with her bangs. I like the bangs. I'm a fan of the bangs, Damon. Mm-hmm. To me, Taichi just looks like a star. He's got that star quality. The crowd chants for him, drowning out the Taichi go-home chants. There's just a great buzz when he comes into the arena. And I'm not being facetious here. I know a lot of people online, <laughs> listeners to this show, uh, think that this is just a big conspiracy where a bunch of us have got together and decided, right, for a joke, we're going to pretend to like Taichi now. 
I like him on his own merits. I'm not uh, trying to be contrary or hipster. I genuinely think that he's good. And I thought this match was great. I loved it. Taichi kicked Homer right in the chin, kicked him out of the ring like he was a piece of trash. I thought they worked smartly around Homer's physical limitations. Taichi was going after Homer's damaged neck. Homer's selling was great. Brilliant facial expressions from both guys. Homer's face really elicits sympathy and pity because he just he just cuts a really pathetic figure when he's scrunching up his face like that. <laughs> Taichi, of course, he's got the most punchable face on the roster. And I just loved him screaming abuse in Homer's face. I bought the near falls. Homer really impressed me here, Damon. I was shocked at how good he looked. He showed mobility that I thought he'd lost forever. He did the Kokeshi Otoshi, the uh, reverse pile driver thing. He did a second rope Kokeshi. He did a sunset flip. We got the Homer clutch or turmeric clutch or Gansuke clutch, whatever you call it. I was blown away at how good Homer looked relative to my expectations going into this match. Uh, tai Chi submission move, the Holy Emperor's Crucifix Tomb. It not only sounds like the final era from Dark Souls game, but it also looked genuinely painful compared to the butterfly lock. Played into the story of Homer's neck. I love the post-match stuff where Homer looked like he was about to burst into tears and Taichi's grabbing him by the head, slapping him around. I just thought this was top-notch heel versus babyface dynamics. It was a hot crowd. It was well executed. Great job from both guys here, particularly Homer. I gave it four stars. And post-match in the backstage promo stuff, Taichi was actually quite kind to Homer at first. He was saying that, you know, he started to look like the old Homer. And then he said, well, you should have done that. And then maybe you wouldn't have got injured in the first place. So what did you think of it? Are you as high on this match as I was? Joel? You lost your fucking mind. <laughs> um, I thought you might say that. <laughs> um, I thought the beginning of this match, the first half of this match, maybe even the first three quarters of this match were a bit slow and a bit dragging. And it wasn't... Uh, I Look... I'm gonna uh, let me let me give you the all new Japan matches start off slow and dragging. This this is the thing. No one talks about it. They all do. You either get guys doing a bit of grapple fucking, or one guy's putting an arm lock or something. They're always the the first five minutes is always a write off in these matches. Someone's doing some kind of time wasting bullshit. This went longer than five minutes. Uh, I'm not gonna lie. Um, Let me give you the positives. I think you are absolutely correct in the sense that. He has a presence um, that is both positive and heat-inducing and uh, charismatic. Whether whether you whether you want to punch him in the face or you want to cheer along, he's he's giving you something. That absolutely one hundred percent. I'm. I, Four stars, Joel. Four stars. Four stars. This was in the threes, man. This is three. Um, and, and, and I will say this: the closing stretch was pretty good. I think, uh, like I, I, I think his offense is a little bit leaves a little bit to be desired for me. Um, I Who know the, Tai Chi. Tai Chi, yeah. Um, yeah. I think. I, I, I like the tributes to Kawada, right? The stretch plum, the kicks, all of it. I, I thought Honma looked better than I've seen him, but is still struggling. Um, 
I I can't I I this this match did not break four stars for me, man. I, I'm sorry, it just didn't. Because all right, let's put it this way. Where is this match? If this is four stars, this match is is in your top five for the first round, right? Uh, I think it might be. I'd have to go and check at the end after we've done. So how many matches have we watched? We watched 16 matches. Is it, what did you say, top five? Top top five. So is it, look, all right, we all know what, which ones are the best matches. So we don't have to dance around, right? We know which ones are the, are the best matches. In your mind, does this match beat, you don't have to give st- re- anything, just yes or no. Does this match beat Naito Abushi? No. Does this match beat Elgin Okada? Close, but no. Really? Okay. Close? Yeah. Really? No, I think this is just one of these things. It comes down to do you enjoy the Tai Chi character? If you dislike Tai Chi and his bullshit, then you're going to be <laughs> at least half a star lower than Tai Chi fans. And you know, it, it, that's okay. I like the fact that this is something you and I can disagree on, Damon, that we're not coming into this podcast just yeah. with a big circle jerk and parroting each other's opinions. I like the fact that you're not into this and I loved it and that there's like a whole star discrepancy between our, our ratings. Of yeah, this. yeah. So I, I'm not going to try and talk you around and convince no, no, you no. that you're wrong and try and make you love Tai Chi. Uh, here's the thing. I, I appreciate what he is more than I ever have. I mean, if, if anything, you do open my eyes to to more about him than than I would even be willing to accept. Because trust me, it, it wouldn't be hard for me to just be like, fast forward, next, right? And there are plenty of people that do. Um, but I'm just trying to get a gauge here. Better than Ishii Nagata? No. Okay. Better than... Better than Chase Juice? Yes. Really? Yeah. I thought Jason Juice was better. Uh, better than Tanahashi uh, Umino? Yeah. Really? Yeah. I better thought there was more drama. I was more emotionally invested in it. Wow. See, I disagree there. Uh, better than Zach Evil? No. Okay. Better than Makabe Cabana? Yes, yeah, yeah, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> all right, just see, just you see just slipped that one there to see if yeah. I was paying attention, didn't you? <laughs> yeah, I just want to, yeah, I just want to make sure we're all right. All right, very. How about uh, better than Goto Sonata? Oh, mm. I knew that one was coming, and that one's difficult to answer because I've got mixed feelings on that Goto Sonata match. Uh, I would say overall, I enjoyed Bell to Bell. I enjoyed uh, Homa Taichi more than Goto Sonata. Wow! Wow! The Nokiists are rolling over and they're, <laughs> they're they're throwing their phones <laughs> right now. All right, good. All right. I mean, listen. I just that, that, I just wanted that quick little roundup. All right. Listen. I some of them I disagree. I, I I was not into this match as much as you. Again, it wasn't a horrible match, but I mean, I can't. I cannot. I can, no, not for not for me anyway. All right. Uh, so that. Uh, we still got more for we got, this. This is going to be a fucking nine-hour show. All right, what else we got? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, 
so I've got some funny questions about Tai Chi, but I better skip them just for this. Oh, no, no, go, go, go. I'm, I'm in. Okay, whatever. whatever. I, 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 okay, I'm not going to answer them. They're just funny things to read out. Matty says, is it just me or does Tai Chi look like a Japanese Stephen Fry? He does a bit. Facially, the, the similarity is there. And Lord Tai Chi's number one disciple says, do you agree that replacing Omega with Tai Chi as the face of the USA expansion would be the equivalent of Man United replacing Jose Mourinho with Ole Gunnar Solskjaer? Yes. My answer to that is yes. Let's move on to the next match then, which was... Uh, Chase Owens defeating Juice Robinson in 24 minutes with the package power driver. So, first of all, let's give a victory lap for Damon because you got laughed at on Wrestling Omakase for picking Chase to win. John said that they would like to apologise for that. At the Subtle Doctor says, is Damon helping Ghetto with a booking on a permanent basis or is he just an occasional consultant? <laughs> Uh, and Lewis says uh, Chase Owens breaking everyone's brackets has to be the biggest thing out of the first round so far I certainly picked Juice to win at first but you convinced me Damon I like having my mind change about things um, so take your victory lap I appreciate that thank you uh, look in my mind it, it was you know it it, it felt like it, it they were they were they were they wanted big thing, bigger things for Chase right it felt like the company was kind of going in that direction I th- thought it made sense to have him as as a challenger for the U.S. title, um, and you know, again, Juice is not winning this fucking thing. So uh, yeah, kind of, it just felt right. It just sometimes you just feel these things. So uh, thank you, everyone. Uh, I was a little disappointed that uh, not only did Chase uh, go out of his way to mention Voices of Wrestling and the writer who wrote that article. Do you know who wrote that article off the top of your head, Joel? Yeah, that was John. That was John. Okay. So, uh, John, uh, he'll have to take an L for that one. But um, I was a little disappointed that we didn't get recognized for saying, hey, we, we picked. That's right, Scampy. That, thank you. You recognize me, and I appreciate you as well. Uh, Testify. But, <laughs> but, but I was a little disappointed in that. So, uh, Chase, if you're listening, which obviously you're not, but if you are listening, if somebody wants to pass us along, let them know that we got your back. We got we, we we wanted big things and we still want big things for you in 2019. So good on you. Um, I like this. We know that there are some guys who do read all their stuff in Voices of Wrestling. Oh. Chase is one. Lance Archer is another one. Yeah. Uh, and I suspect there are more. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's easier to to, to vanity search, you know, a tweet as we well know, um, and an, an article, mind you, um, than to expect someone to sit through our our nonsense and listen to a podcast, you know what I mean? <laughs> so, and, and to scope out where, you know, where they're talking about me. So, uh, but I'm sure, but here's the thing. I know. <laughs> Start timestamping it, Damon. Yeah. The yeah. Chase we'll do... segment is here. The Lance Archer segment is here. You know what? That's a great idea. That's a great idea. We, we, here's the thing. We're too lazy. Not too lazy. It's just, it, it's so hard to fucking timestamp because we're all over the place. Um, but yeah. So, so what we need from one of our loyal listeners, this is, this is how you can help the show aside from getting a t-shirt. Um, don't, you don't have to timestamp the whole thing. Just when we talk about uh, Lance Archer and when we talk about uh, Chase Owens, just just timestamp them and make sure they're well aware so they can skip through all the Duran Duran nonsense and they can just or, get to the stuff they want. Just cut out the audio of that part and then send it to them directly. Yeah. Just, you know, yeah. a little two minute clip. Yeah, that'd be nice. You know, that would help us out a little bit, you know, and make sure that they get praise and recognized for uh, the job that they're doing. So please, uh, one of our listeners want to want to spearhead that, that would be great. Uh, well, the match itself uh, it got a lot of time, didn't it? And the crowd were very quiet at first. I think this would have been a great main event for one of the smaller new beginning in USA shows. And I'm sure they're going to have a rematch in the States. Uh, yeah, I really like the match. 
Chase Owens to me, he looks like an he's like an old school dirtbag heel from the territories. He kind of looks like a sleazy Nicolas Cage, and his work he's like a a grimy Jay White. So again, he knew Juice was stronger than him, so he resorted to his sneaky tricks. And there were some really brutal spots here, like the side Russian leg sweep into the barricade, really well executed after countering the vertical suplex. There was a suplex into the barricade. I liked him using Juice's taunts against him, and just the way it was worked, it was nice. It was slow, methodical. It took a while to get going. Crowd were mostly sitting on their hands for for a lot of that build. I think it was too long, but it had a really nasty, violent edge to it, which I enjoyed a lot. Like the apron cannonball that was chased, throwing Juice headfirst into the barricade. The bit with the backdrop onto the exposed floor. Uh, but the transition from all that like nasty, violent shit to then afterwards Chase Owens doing sneaky rope grabs, that was a bit jarring. I felt that stuff should have come before all the barricade brutality, but it's a minor complaint. I thought the match was really good. I had this at four stars as well. And I think they did a terrific job getting the crowd invested by the end. I was really happy to see Chase get a big spot like this. I think he's deserved it for a while. Um, what do you think his ceiling is? Uh, I mean, for right now, I mean, you're looking at US, maybe a tag situation. Um, I wouldn't expect anything you know, above that right now. But yeah, everything that you described is pretty much spot on in the sense of, well, first, I think we all can agree this is the best Chase has looked in New Japan, right? This is this is a this is a, a shining moment for him and a, and a well deserved one. I think Juice looked very good as well. I think Juice has got. I think Juice is one of those guys that that is a a real valuable piece that I don't even think New Japan has tapped into yet. I really do. I think they they're missing the boat somewhere. He's just got he's I, I really feel like he's got something another level that we haven't even seen yet. Um, you know what I was thinking? I was watching one of these shows and I couldn't tell you what night it was. You know what I think would be a real good dynamic? One of those really uh kind of opposite end tag teams would be Juice and Elgin. Juice and Elgin together, I think, would really work well. Um, I like their chemistry in the, in that multi-man tag, tag for whatever reason. And Elgin could be a prick, and Juice could be the lovable person. <laughs> and, and then it would work. Oh, by the way, on Elgin. What, what would um, the team name be? Prick Juice. <laughs> prick Juice. Prick Juice. Prick Juice. Yes, I love it. Love it. Um, on the Elgin contract situation. Uh, nothing has been signed as of yet. Just FYI, people. So I, uh, I, nothing, nothing is locked down. So, um, not to say that there's any issues or any troubles or any, or uh, or it won't be happening. That I don't know, but I do know that it hasn't been signed as of yet. Um, but I, I think that be, a, I think that's 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 a tag team, and I think both guys need something new and something fresh, and kind of to jumpstart both. Um, I think that'd be a real fun tag team. I would like that one a lot. Uh, but I like this match, and I went four as well. Can I jump in with a question from Anders? He says, what do you think of the booking of Juice Robinson? Does he lose too often considering he's a champion? And does do you think this result hurts Juice? Yeah, I do. I, 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 to answer the question of do, does he lose too often? Yeah, I really do. I mean, for a guy of that level, it seems like he just fucking loses all the time. And then every once in a while, they'll throw him a bone and he'll get, pick up a win. But it feels like his win, like like I, I'm sure somebody will be able to pull this. But I'd like to see his win loss record, you know, in the past twelve months or sixteen months. I bet you he's got a lot of higher profile losses than he does wins. Um, at least it feels that way. Anyway, 
that's where I'm kind of saying it. I, I feel like New Japan misses the boat on on Juice a little bit. I feel like there's there's a, there's another level that we haven't even seen that I don't think I don't know if it's a trust thing. I don't know if it's a um, he's not ready for it yet. Uh, whatever they feel, uh, I don't think they're ready to go all in on Juice, and it and it kind of reflects that in the, the amount of times that man's looking at the lights. Question from Tedja says, should Chase Owens get a title shot versus Juice at MSG, or do you think they're going to save it for uh, another show? Um, I don't think they'll do it at MSG. That, that... <sighs> what titles are going to get defended on this MSG show? Obviously, I think we're rapidly weight, approaching full capacity for this show. It seems yeah. like they've had a lot of matches announced already, so I would be very surprised if we get you know, like a never title match and... Uh, junior tag title match and a US title match and an IC title match. I can't see it. Right. Me neither. Right. I, I'm thinking obviously heavyweight title, right? Intercontinental title. Um, do, you, do you think they do intercontinental? Do you think it's Los Ingobernables Schmazola with the kingdom? <laughs> uh, I think it's going to be a schmoz. Yeah. 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 Oh boy. You think people are going to be happy with that? No. No. They're they, they going to be mad. <laughs> Oh boy! Oh boy! Uh, all right. So no, ne- no, never. You think? Will- I think will defends. You think will defends? If I remember correctly, he pins Jeff Cobb. So maybe they will do like a, a non-title, like never champion versus ROH TV champion match with Osprey against Cobb. Okay. Or all maybe right. they'll put both titles on the line. I don't know, but I think. Osprey versus Cobb is the match they're going to go with. Right. We already know we got a tag match. We already know we got the uh, tag titles on the line. Um, and then, you know, I, I, I listen, this show is going to be seven hours. I got to cut it down. I mean, we don't and, – and as of right now, I mean, again, we have the whole cup we got to weed through. We don't, get, we don't got matches for, you know, whoever's losing the final. What, you know – are you going to stick up? Are we going to get like you know multi man tagamania? You figure Jay Lethal is going to defend this title, right? Um, it's, it's, <laughs> I, I got a strange feeling, my friends. We we are going to see a lot of multi man tags on this show. I got a, I got that feeling. I think there's going to be some. I think there's going to be a little bit of disappointment when that card is announced, knowing full well that. We're trying to get as many people on the show as we possibly can. And that means multi-man tag team matches, kids. Well, thanks for that. Sorry. <laughs> We're getting like a good energy going. It's positive and you're just taking a big steamy oh. shit over everything. All right, let's let us let us get the the, uh, the energy back with uh, Yuji Nagata against Tomohiro Ishii. So Ishii beats Nagata in 21 minutes after a vertical brain buster. Just from the very start of this match, David, they lock up. Nagata gives Ishii a little slap and then he skips away and Ishii gets that look on his face and Nagata has this little smile. You already know the match is going to be a banger. Little headbutts from Ishii. It was one of those never-styled matches of yesteryear that I don't think we've seen a match like this for a while. Just two guys beating the shit out of each other until one guy can't get up. Such a high pace from two guys of, of their advanced years. And we waited for this for a long time because obviously this match was supposed to be at one of the new beginning in USA shows. There were just really memorable visual moments like a, a bloody mouthed Nagata doing the arm lock. Yeah. Andrew Rich quite rightly points out that's an automatic extra quarter star. 
sometimes, Damien, you just want to see two old dogs taking lumps out of each other. Uh, uh, not literally. That would be upsetting. But I love this match. Me too. Me too. Well, I mean, it's the first night, mind you. Uh, but it started off hot, right? right? Nice, nice, nice way to close out the show. Uh, and you're right. It did feel like the, one of those never open weight championship matches from maybe three years ago, you know, that we all, ca- we all kind of got a little sick of, right? We all kind of you know, like, all right, enough of this shit. We've seen this a t- trillion times, but you know, w- once they cool that off, bring it back a little bit, you're kind of like, Ooh, all right. Now, now, now I remember why I like this stuff. Yeah, that was, that yeah, was I'm it. Sorry. Just, uh, uh, Will Ospreay versus Dalton Castle does not scream. Never open weight championship to me. Yeah. Right. You know what I mean? Uh, this, 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 this was two guys doing what they do best, right? In the way that they know how to do it delivered. Right. Again, we talk about getting up in age and all that stuff. We, this show, we're talking about guys that have been around quite a while delivering performances still that are top quality and top notch. Right. Think about that for a second. You know, there's a lot to be said about uh, a 20 something year old Jay White and a 20 something year old Will Ospreay. And sometimes it's the 40 something year old and in some cases the 50 year olds that are delivering these high impact, high quality, well paced, strong main events uh, and semi main events that that constantly deliver why they know how to do it there's something to be said about experience there's something to be said about the way they they were trained there's something to be said about their physical conditioning but there's also something to be said about the fact that experience a lot of times wins out over athletic ability um and there's a there's one match in particular that we'll point out that that kind of speaks to that um i'd rather see sometimes a lot of times experience over physical ability yeah, I totally agree. And this is one of those matches that I love, but I can't really talk about it at great length. There's not that much to say about it. It was just, like I said, two old guys beating the crap out of each other and everyone liked it. Yeah, every, and right. Nobody panned it. Nobody, how, how can you? Um, and again, another another <laughs> another tap on the shoulder to an old guy that, that, that made it happen. Um, and, and, you know, I think it's pretty evident that, you know, of the dads, Nagata still got, got his shit together. He, he's fine. He could stick. He could stick around as long. He said, "I I, I listened to the show today, and they were talking about him uh, wanting to work until he's seventy. Okay, I'm not having a problem with fifties right now. Let's put it that way. Okay, let's move on to the Saturday show on March 9th at Aichi, the Aichi Prefectural Gymnasium. Yes, Scampi, we're getting there. He's very excited to hear about this next match, really? which was." Uh, Toa Hinare losing to <laughs> Lance Archer in 11 minutes following the blackout. To me, at the start of this, Lance Archer was totally baby-facing himself when he was doing the old-school rope walk and getting big cheers from the crowd. Uh, I, I'm into Lance Archer. I like his stuff. I'm not just saying that because he, he he's listening to this audio clip because someone's cut it and sent it to him now. I like the pounce. Such a great move. Uh, Hinare got a few hope spots that I bought into, and I found myself really disappointed when Hinare lost, which... I'm taking that as a good sign that I was invested in the match. Like, it was simple stuff, but well executed. I don't think it really played to Hinare's strengths because I think, like we are just talking about, Hinare is one of those uh, never open weight style guys who 
is you're going to see the best out of him in a match like you did with Ishii last year, where he's doing that sort of strong style, just beating the shit out of each other. So as the babyface in peril, I'm not sure that got the best out of him. This match was okay. Pretty forgettable, though, because I was talking to someone else about the matches from this night, and I just could not, for the life of me, remember this match. It was totally gone from my memory. So I don't know if that's me being unkind, but what did you think? Yeah, I kind of feel the same way in, in the sense of, you know, you know, if I didn't take notes on it, I probably wouldn't remember much about it. Um, I do like Lance Archer, too. You know, somebody, uh, somebody has him going really deep in this, like finals deep. I was like, I don't know if I could see that. I don't know if if, if Lance Archer is going past the second round. And I think I was a little bit disappointed because we're all kind of waiting for Hanare to to take that next level, take that leap. And I think having a win over Lance would have been a nice little uh, little step in that direction. Hasn't happened as of yet. We're all waiting for that to happen. It was good. I I mean, what, three? Three? You got three? Yeah, three. Gentleman's three. There you go. That's how I I'm Mike Spears. That. Thanks for that. Yep. Uh, next match then was Mikey Nichols making his uh, singles debut. I think it was his singles debut in New Japan. Um, someone no, no, no. Actually, uh, actually, he... Um, oh, you know what? It might be singles debut. Um, but definitely not debut. Um, so no, I'll shut I up. And, he's, he's so I'll shut up and let you talk. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, was, I mean, maybe he has been in a singles match. I don't know. Someone let me know. Uh, so Mikey Nichols defeated Hikuleo in eight minutes following the Mikey Bomb, which is the shittest name for a finishing move ever. Crowd absolutely dead for this. It was, as Jamie Linus would say, as silent as a crypt. And the camera work was a bit dodgy here. They totally missed Nichols reversing the headliner. This was, I don't know, what, what are the cool kids saying now? Aggressively fine. Even though that phrase makes absolutely no sense. Yeah. I mean, look, look at the word aggressively. The definition of aggressively, that's... Uh, I'm going to look it up. In a manner resulting from or betraying aggression or in a determined and forceful way. doesn't make any sense to apply that to the word fine. Use another phrase. Yeah, yeah. Painfully average. It was savagely mediocre. I mean, Hikono, he looked fine here. But like physically, he's got a bit of a strange shape. He needs to bulk up a bit. He he's too handsome, Damien. He's too he's got a, just a nice looking face. He looks like a lovely lovely guy that you want to hang out with, and I don't think that works as the monster bullet club heel thing that they're going for. Um, so again, this match pretty much like the first one. Nothing wrong with it, but just pretty forgettable. Yeah, he's got that lurch hair going on. What's that lurch? What is the what, what is that monster from Bugs Bunny? You know which one I'm talking about? The the that orange one that has like the hair over his head. You don't know which one I'm talking about, do you? I'll shut up again. No, no. All right, I'll, I'll, I'll Google it, and I don't even know what I would search for. Um, but maybe somebody can help us out there. Uh, yeah. Lurch, isn't that the butler from the Adams family? Probably, right? It's a different Lurch. <laughs> yeah, no, you're right, I think. I probably have my names mixed up. I forget. Whatever. I, you, 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 I don't know. Maybe you haven't seen it. You don't really know my references. <laughs> Most of them, anyway. Um Whatever. The match, Joel. I can't say I enjoyed it. Can't say it was uh, one of those things that uh, is memorable. Probably. All right, let's let's do this. We did. We did. Where 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 is this? Where is this match for you? Now here's the thing. I will say this. You got a guy who's coming fresh back from from oh, what was it a year? Almost a year off, right? 
Yep. Uh, and then you got a guy who's coming back that, let's be honest here, I'm sure most of the people in that audience had no fucking idea who the hell he was, right? That was a bad spot to be in. Right, that's a, that's a, that's a tough that's a tough spot to be in, especially when you're trying to make a you know good impression, good first start. Yeah, it just wasn't a lot to hear to hang your hat on, man. Um, yeah, we we got a question here which kind of sums up my thoughts from Falcon McRamsey. He says, "Do you agree with the fact that it's stupid for New Japan to have a match between a guy the fans don't seem to care about, Hikoleo, and a guy the fans don't seem to know about that well, Mikey Nichols? It was a strange choice, wasn't it? Yeah, it really was." I mean, I, I said that when they did the brackets that that this is this is a rough one, and that's kind of why I, I kind of said like Hikaleo should should move on, and then you, now we got this weird chaos thing going on. Um, I don't know, man. I didn't feel this one. I, I truth be told, you know, I don't want to be negative, Damon, but yeah, where I wear it well, it's probably my least favorite match of the New Japan Cup so far. Okay, next one then was Will Ospreay defeating Bad Luck Farley in 11 minutes with uh, Hurricane Rana. So, I don't know, I've got mixed feelings on this because the rib selling bit was really boring. Farley was barely mobile, just sort of standing around, treading on Ospreay. I was just not into it at all. But that said, the crowd got very hot for the comeback. It was just a consummate babyface comeback thing. The Japanese fans love him. I was living vicariously through Osprey when he was beating the crap out of Farley with a kendo stick. And I've got a funny note here from Japanese Retro Game Center in our Discord who says, I was there. Biggest spot of the night was when Osprey chucked the kendo stick and it hit a couple of fans about three rows back. Uh, So, yeah, Farley practically immobile here. But that said, he did do a great job tumbling over for the Frankensteiner. But his shoulder was clearly off the mat for the pinfall because they got mixed up over which leg Osprey was going to hook. It looked sloppy and it looked bad, but... It's a Farley match, so I guess that's to be expected. And I mean, to me, this match just established the fact that this focus on Osprey here, like we said already, he's already a huge star at the company, both in Japan and abroad. Uh, what did you think of the match? That finish was sloppy as hell, wasn't it? Um, I was actually shocked by it. I really was. That's a big win. Farley doesn't lie down for many people. You know, you could you could go through. Only Peter. Oh. <laughs> Holy moly. Yeah, uh, I went there. <laughs> you sure did. Good boy. All right. Hey, look. Like, I mean, nice. Anywho, um, he doesn't in a pro wrestling sense, Joe. So that's a big win. Kind of came, kind of, kind of surprised me. Broke my bracket. Messed up my bracket on that one. Uh, as I had uh, Foley getting out. This is the first time he hasn't gotten fir- out of the first round, too, if I'm not mistaken. So, uh, again, Will continues on that streak of pinning big guys, pinning monsters. I can't believe that even in, like, the graphics and in and, and in discussing Will, that they still refer to him as like, a junior heavyweight. They yeah, put- I was going to say the same thing, because I, I have been quite vocal. I was like, oh, he's not a junior anymore. He's clearly heavyweight because he hasn't, you know, I gave lots of reasons. His last junior singles match was against, was it Mighty Scar back in September or something? But you're right. They do keep referring to him, and he keeps referring to himself as a junior. So we did have a question about that. Tyler says, uh, in the New Japan Cup intro video, they got Will Ospreay as a junior. How does this change how you view Ospreay's current run with him, being pin- with him pinning numerous credible heavyweights? Because they are still pushing this that he is a junior they are i i i I, he's but he's not 
I mean, listen, get a scale. Get a fucking scale on that ring right now. He's fucking huge. He's massive. And he's jacked. He's muscular. Like That is the most ridiculous thing, calling him a junior. But why do you think they're doing it? I don't know. Is is there any chance they're putting him in best of the super juniors? I can't imagine at this point. Like, why would would you? Why would you? he he should be he if he's not in G one there's something fucking just crazy at this point. I mean he's pinning Fale. Who's pinned Fale? You know what I mean? Okada, Tanahashi. He pinned fucking Fale. He's pinned Jeff Cobb for Christ's sake. I, and 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 what do you think? Do you think it's a safe guess that he's pinning Archer? He pin well. Like, yeah, he he's pin- got a pin Archer. You, you you can't have him lose to Lance Archer. Sorry, Lance, we love you, but no. All right, but guess what? He he picked up the win in the tag match today, right? Look, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know why they're continuing to put, to keep him in that bucket when when they refer to him and even on commentary. I. I, I don't have an answer for you. I don't. I don't know. But he is he is he is he is Trent Beretta ridiculousness when it comes to being a junior. Let's put it that way. It's that's just silly at this point. Um just be done with it. He's a, he's not a junior. He's a heavyweight. But according to the company, he's a junior, so I I don't know. Okay, main event of this show was Kazuchika Okada defeating Michael Elgin in 24 minutes with the Rainmaker. Damon, it's time for unpopular NJPW opinion here. I like Elgin matches. There. I've I, I've said it. I, I enjoy his matches. And I know I'm probably going to get shat on for this. I don't care. I know they're dumb and maybe they, it doesn't make sense. And people say, oh, it's just him doing moves. I like it. I like seeing big, muscly, dumb guys doing big, strong moves and beating the crap out of each other and doing huge slams and stuff. I like that shit. And I like this match here. Go through Elgin matches. And and I'm guaranteeing you, if you go through his entire New Japan run, you're going to see more matches that were great than matches that were eh, right? Or even just good, right? He's good. He's a good pro wrestler. It's okay to say that. You know what I mean? Like, what, what you think of him personally or what you think of him morally or what you think of whatever, you know, nonsense that came his way in the past year um, you have every right to think whatever you want to think uh, or feel. I'm not going to tell you what to do on, on that. But I, what I will say is, is that you're not being objective when it comes to Michael Elgin in the ring. And, and, and Michael Elgin in the ring is a fucking great pro wrestler. He really is. Uh, 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 <laughs> this is every time he's called. Okay, maybe not every time. But more times than not, when he when he is called upon, he delivers. This is another example. Love this match. Thought this match was great. Um, look, I know for I don't I can't say I know for a fact, but let's put it this way: he's a guy that that right now I would think feels like he has something he has to prove, and he has to really stand out from the pack from every other. North American, Australian, whoever that's in this company right now. Uh, it does feel like he is lost in the shuffle, right? And whether that's being 
injured. And one of those injuries wasn't his fault. He got kicked in the fucking face. Right? Um, they, they, have, they have a commodity there that I think that either, you know, they don't, they, they don't want to get behind. They, they're afraid to get behind. They, they, whatever it is, I think they're missing the boat there. I, re- I really do because I feel like in ring, he's got a, he's, he, he is underappreciated. I I I, re- I will say that in the ring he is underappreciated. Yeah, I I enjoyed this. He looked pissed off here, like you say. He looked like he had a chip on his shoulder. He was going out there with a point to prove, like the forearm from the clean break, the chops to Okada's chest. They sounded like a fucking rifle, Damon. The sound they made, he, and he just had this snarl on his face the entire match. I thought the match was terrific. I was really excited by the final five minutes or so. My heart was pounding because I really thought Okada might lose. And I was cheering for Okada because I I want him to be in that main event at MSG. I know I picked Ibushi, but Okada in there would be great. And I thought this match massively delivered. It was right up there with their G1 match from 2017. And we know Okada's brilliant. He's quite possibly one of the greatest wrestlers of all time. But yeah, I mean, Elgin, am I nuts here, Damon? Or did the post-match feel like a goodbye just the way that it was done, it, it kind of reminded me of the way Osprey was sort of giving Kushida the send off after New Year Dash, where you know they do the handshake and he, you know, Okada's doing the you know the, the flexing pose for Elgin. Am I out to lunch on that, or were you getting similar vibes? Uh, a little bit, you know. Look, I mean, I know he, uh, like I said, I, I think he he went into this match with a little bit of, it, it, at least it felt like to me, you know. That he went into this match with a you know a little bit, you know, he, maybe some things were bothering him. I don't know. Maybe some things. I mean, he wasn't in a good mood. Maybe uh, he's taking out some frustrations on a guy. Uh, Weirdly, try- Weirdly. Uh, it, that that seems to get the best out of him. I don't yeah. know if this is just all his matches are good, but uh, I'm just thinking back to last year. Was it Kizuna Rhodes? I think when he had the never openweight title for like a week. And then dropped it immediately to Goto. But that match they had at Karakum was fucking awesome. And they just mm-hmm. beat the shite out of each other. So, again, I don't know if this is something where, like, if you piss off Elkin, that he'll go up there and have a really good match for you. Or maybe all, all of his... I just like all of his matches. I don't know. But just it seems to me that New Japan don't really value him that highly. Just given the way that he's booked... I don't know. I feel it might be time for him to move on. I think he'd be great in somewhere like All Japan. Like, How good would he look in a, a champion carnival? I'd love to see him oh. fight guys like Zeus or Joe Durring, Shuji Ishikawa, you know, not to mention Kento Miyahara. But it just seems like, like you say, he's stuck in the doldrums in New Japan, no matter how hard he tries. Uh, we've got questions from this. Tyler, again, he says, every time Big Mike Elgin is put in a big spot, he delivers. Now that we're over a year removed from his personal stuff, what does his future hold with NJPW? Will he receive a big push in the near future? And it doesn't seem like it. It doesn't seem like it's on the cards. It doesn't feel like it. Um, you know, I don't know. I mean, I think he... I don't... I mean, I don't know what the pay situation is in, in, in an all-Japan or or other Japanese independents, but... You know, maybe, maybe just a, maybe just, I don't know. I, I can't, I, I, I don't have an answer to that. I don't even know if he has an answer to that. And I don't even know if the company has an answer to that. Um, uh, but yeah, I mean, they're, they're, some of those, some of those names you rattle off, how, I mean, how great would those fucking matches be? Um, I, I don't know. I, I don't know. But yeah, he, he did seem to go into that match with, you know, oh yeah, well, let me show you. Let me, let me show you what I can do. So, Okay, let's, 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 I don't know, you know, 
maybe maybe he just maybe he's that guy that needs that motivation. Um, but it's hard to walk away from that New Japan contract, you know. Even no matter what it is, I'm sure it's more than you know some of those other promotions. I don't know. I don't know what the pay situation is, but it seems to me he could be a big fish in a smaller pond. All right, so let's move on to night three, which is on Sunday, March the 10th in Hyogo. And the first New Japan Cup match was Hiroshi Tenzan against Yusuke Taguchi, with uh, Taguchi winning in 12 minutes with the Kido clutch. So obviously Taguchi took the place of David Finley, who has a torn labrum and is out six months minimum. That's a real kick in the bollocks, isn't it, Damon? That's that's serious stuff. Six months. I mean, we said it though. You, you know, your shoulder just doesn't pop fucking back in without any damage. So I mean, sometimes it does. I mean, I guess, but I don't know. Seems seems kind of weird that everybody was kind of hand waving that. And well, like he let's let's let him get checked by a doctor first. Well, he did. Six months. Of the, that's that's a that's a monkey wrenching plan. So that's for sure for him. Yeah, especially when he was getting this push in Ring of Honor, and it looked. You know, as people always say, there's never a good time to get injured, but this seemed to be particularly inopportune for David Finley. So we wish him all the best there. But uh, let's talk about the Tenzan Taguchi match itself. We obviously had this built-in story with Taguchi wanting to become the 69th IWGP heavyweight champion. And something that we didn't mention was uh, the fact that ankle. We're always talking about Tenzan's ankle, and Taguchi's got the ankle lock. So it was just really horrible seeing... Taguchi applying the ankle lock on someone who we know has got real life ankle troubles. It, it was like that scene from Misery, the, the hobbling scene. Uh, but I thought this match was really good. I liked it. Tenzan, again, he was surprisingly mobile. I know I keep saying this about the dads. Uh, Taguchi seemed to cut out most of the comedy. They went out, they had a, a serious, high quality wrestling match. And we got Taguchi with a tribute to his wrestling coach, Osamu Kido. And he was talking in the backstage comments that he might bring out the samurai clutch and he was talking about bringing older moves from the Showa era into the future. So I like this, Damon. Yeah. The one thing I, I remember about this match is uh, the, the thing that stands out. There are a couple of times where <laughs> Taguchi's, you know, just something simple, like, you know, just whipping Tenzan into the ropes. And I'm thinking, don't whip this poor guy into the ropes. Like we don't want him to be running at any type of speed uh, at any point uh, this match. Uh, yeah. Uh, it's better than I thought it was going to be, right? Uh, again, I, threes we're, we're in, and we're not hitting four level. They tried. Tenzan tried. I like uh, I like when Taguchi makes fun of people's mannerisms you know, with the Mongolian chops and stuff like that. <laughs> I, I, I do enjoy that, taking the piss out of them. Um, threes, okay. You know, Tenzan's out and Taguchi moves on. But I think it's a good thing. And I think everyone kind of predicted that as well. Okay, next match then was Hiroshi Tanahashi defeating Shota Umino in 60 minutes with the Texas Cloverhold. And I said it on Twitter, Damon, those motherfuckers got me with that near fall. That was like 2.99999. And Tanahashi's shoulder just came up at the last second. I, I seriously thought uh, Umino had done it. That's the closest I've ever seen to a three. I thought this was an outstanding performance from Shota. Tanahashi made him look great. I love the story, the dueling submissions, like the Boston Crab against the uh, Texas Cloverholds. And I was talking to this with Jojo Remy on the Slack chat. He, he pointed out Shota looked a lot less nervous going into this. And this was about as good as a, a young line versus big star match that you could get for the story that they were trying to tell. Because obviously, you don't want Shota 
pushing him too hard, but you still want to make him look good in the process. And the the really good thing about Umino is that he can work lots of different match styles already, especially if you watch his Lionsgate project work and like the Zack Sabre Jr. match we talked about uh, uh, last week. So already he's shown signs of being a very, very special talent. And uh, other people have pointed out quite rightly, what a conflict of interest having his dad referee in this match. That shouldn't have been allowed. Yeah. And also interesting in the backstage comments, Tanahashi saying that uh, he didn't feel like the star of that match and he sees a young me in Shota Umino. So definitely something that you, you feel we're going to be going back to in the future. Oh, yeah. I mean, I, I I know that we had said it earlier, and I know other people were echoing this. That That's video package, right? That 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 match will be video packaged and used in this man's career uh, now and forevermore. Great match. That that two and yeah two point nine point nine 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 had me too. It really had me too because it was right there. Right, it was it was uh, as tight as you could get. I really had to think hard, and I had to think long about. Have I seen uh, or watched a star, established star, against a young lion? And the amount that Tanahashi did give, have I ever, did I ever see that in, in that way before? I thought Tanahashi was tremendous here. Umino. Do, do, now you mentioned it. Do you think Tanahashi gave Umino more than he gave Kushida for Kushida to uh, yes! leaving match? I was just about to say it. Joel, you read my mind. I really feel that way. And I'd have to go back and watch it. But it, but maybe it was maybe it's the scale I'm looking at. You know what I mean? Maybe it's just the scale of you know who these people are and 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 what these matches were. It did feel that way. Right? And there were moments where Tanahashi, you know, it would zoom in on Tanahashi's face and he's kind of given that kind of breathing of a sigh like what the fuck? Thought I was having a you know, I got to really work for this shit, uh, which I thought were really great. Yeah, the cloverleaf spot was really nice. Um, well worked, well paced. Yeah, and and again, what's what what people are going to walk away from and remember for a long time is that is that kickout spot, that kickout spot. You know, he was he was an ass hair away from pinning the guy. Uh, and then I do like the fact that even after that, very quickly, it wasn't that long after where it was like, oh, okay, kick out, you fucked up, boom, pin, right? Where do, what do you do with Umino now? You've like, got to say more excursion now. Yeah. That seems I, like the perfect uh, punctuation point to then say, okay, pack your bag, son, you're going off to the States or whatever. Right. How can he lose to a young lion now? Can you do that now? Can you have him take a pinfall now? Can you have him tap out to a Boston Crab now? I think he's at the top of the. I don't know. Is he at the top of the young lines? I don't think he. He's not going to be beaten by a you know Narita or Uemura or Tsuji. Maybe a. Um, I, I guess Yotosuji. They have him slightly above him, you know. But again, to me, you've had this amazing special moment, and it seems the perfect point to send him off. And it would be. Well, I, I suppose I have to look at today's matches. Actually, was he on? Was he on? Yeah, the he was in a tag. Game? Yeah, he was on. He yeah. was. He was on the Okada Tanahashi team, right? If I'm not mistaken. 
Yeah, and even then, maybe I'm maybe this is silly, but it feels like it's kind of taking the shine off of it somehow. Think back. You have you have better. Oh, well, so that's yeah. Sorry, you said so. He's on the team with Okara and Tanahashi. Yeah, yeah. That's that's a pretty good spot actually. Yeah, I said that. Yeah. That is a good spot. Yeah. Um, you. I mean, he did take the fall, mind you. But um, think back even in recent time. Young Lion match against an established star. Getting that much offense, getting that much shine over over a guy who just headlined Tokyo Dome, right? Um, pushing a guy to a limit like that, like that says something. That that that's not something that I mean. Getting the spot is one thing, right? That's 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 big in and itself, right? Getting that New Japan Cup spot, pushing Tanahashi. This is not pushing Juice Robinson. This is not pushing uh, Hanare. This is not pushing Yano. This is Hiroshi Tanahashi we're pushing to that level. You can't can't be tapping out to a Boston Crab at this point. Not for him. He's got to go away real quick. Because what else do you do? What else do you do? Why, Why lose that moment? Why lose that momentum? Let's let's send them away. Let's send them away. I know I know we're quick to rush things sometimes, especially here on this show. But what do you do with the guy now? You you push the, the guy who just main evented the fucking Tokyo Dome and won the title to the absolute again an ass hair. This and it wasn't a slip on a banana peel kind of thing. It was I was worn down to the point where I almost got pinned. What else do you do? Send them on excursion now. Let's move on. Eighth match was Zack Sabre Jr. defeating King of Darkness Evil in 15 minutes with Hurrah! Another year. Surely this one will be better than the last. The inexorable march of progress will lead us all to happiness. This match led me to happiness, Damon. I think this is the best match they've had. Best match of the year for both guys. Fantastic stuff. Like They know each other's moves inside out and seeing them go hold and counter hold, reversing each other's signature moves jockeying for position with a real intensity to me it looked like a proper scramble in a grappling match or an mma match it was absolutely thrilling one complaint evil with his goofy rest spots when he's doing the thing where he, he makes red shoes hold the other guy's leg and kicks him and makes the ref help with a magic killer thing right i don't like that stuff i'm not, I'm not alone in that but zach saber jr he was on peak form also, with his backstage comments, he was saying he's Eric Cantona, he's Aphex Twin taken on the diff- difficult second album. So, I really enjoyed this match. What did you think? Great. Fantastic. Yeah, one of the, one of the better ones, you know, in, in a catalog that's already pretty great with Zack and Evil. Um, I, I'm, I'm almost a little bit flabbergasted in the sense that how, like, some guys who get reputations, you know, like they talk about Goto being, you know, Mr. Mr. March with the New Japan Cup. Zach doesn't lose in these tournaments. So when he does lose, it will be a big deal because he's mo- he mowed through everybody last year, wound up winning the fucking thing, and he's continuing on in that streak. And, and here's the thing, too. It would have been something to pin Evil 
It's even more something. Tap out. Again. Right? And that's how he gets through these tournaments. Making people tap out. I think that's significant. Um, I mean, people have to win and lose. And I like the fact that there are clean decisions. Right? What, what, what would have been absolute the coward's way out? Would have been some nonsense, like a double disqualification or a double count out or some fucking bullshit like that. I like the fact that while you do question, okay, so what do you do with the guy after that? And 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 Los Angeles in particular, not for nothing. Uh, I like the fact that New Japan has the balls to say, mm, nope, you're tapping out, and and we'll we'll fix you later. But right now, we need to see you. In this fucking that nonsense named hole, <laughs> um, whatever it is, uh, yes, we need to see you tapping out, and that's that's a good thing. Clean finish. Here's an interesting question from at RBX2000. Given Zach be evil again, was it a waste to give evil the win at New Beginning? Could have been part of an ongoing story, e.g., Star Walter Osprey Skull. So, do you think it would have been better to have uh, just a clean sweep for Zach Saber Jr. in these matches against Evil? Mm, I mean, in hindsight, you, you, you kind of think what, you know, how did it benefit or how did it help the program or how did it help evil? I guess evil had to get a win, I guess. You know, I see what the person's saying, you know, what's the point in the sense of, hey, Zach just has this guy's number and, and for whatever reason, evil can't get past that. Um, eh, I, I, I see the point. I definitely see the point. Um, and it might might actually lead to a better story overall. Yeah, I kind I I think I'm, I might be in agreement with that one. Uh, just a, a funny question here. The spear tip says maybe I missed this being brought up back in the day, but am I the only one who noticed that evil basically ripped off Akitoshi Saito's gimmick to an extent? Mm, I'd have to look back. Um, give me. Yeah. I, can't I don't know who that is, Damon. Yeah, <laughs> I thought I'm, you would. <laughs> I, oh. We'll have to get back to you on that. <laughs> yeah, I've, 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 I'm, I'm at a loss for that one. I'll get back to you on that one. One thing that I liked about this program was Zach uh, repeatedly referring to evil as Nabe-chan. I thought that was cute. Uh, let's move on to the main event here, which was Kota Ibushi defeating Tetsuya Naito in 20 minutes with the Kami Goye. Uh, a match uh, also known as Fuck Both of Our Necks. Uh, Nicole asks, who hates their neck more, Naito or Ibushi? Uh, also points out, am I the only one who's noticed that both times Ibushi has returned to NJPW, Naito has just been his first one-on-one opponent. That's 2017 G1 and Night 3 in the New Japan Cup. Uh, there was a terrific Twitter thread from at effing boring about the relationship between Ibushi and Naito, how they were kind of set up in similar roles. You had the Stardust Genius and the Golden Star, but the fans really loved Golden Star, Kota Ibushi, but they never really connected with Tetsuya Naito as the Stardust genius. So there was a bit of resentment there. And at times when Ibushi was reaching out to Naito as a friend, Naito was rejecting him because he was still pissed off about the being rejected by the fans and he was sort of taking that out on Naito. So I thought that was really interesting going into it. And wow, this match. I mean, every time these two get into the ring with each other, it's fireworks and I get scared that someone's going to be leaving in a fucking ambulance. There was just some really cool stuff in here, like the Tiger Driver 91 into the Kamigoye, which um, some people point out maybe it was a little tribute to Noah. Uh, Naito playing heel in this match was interesting. And 
again, a similar story to the last match where these guys have wrestled each other many times before and they know all each other's moves. But and they were just countering each one of each other's signature moves into like deadly shit, just like dropping each other on their heads. It was really painful to watch, like uh, Ibushi stealing the the driller move, and oh, man, just every time this this match just always delivers in such a big way. Both guys, right? Both guys, uh, unbelievable performance. That though, my my lone disappointment, and it's not even the the two guys that are in the ring. Fucking 